With your host, Chris and Chris. What the fuck? Sports, 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 sports. Chris, we have a huge show today. A huge show. Huge. A bond burner, if you will. Huge. It's huge. It's huge. It's so big, I can't pronounce the H. No, it's too fucking huge. <laughs> but I do put a Y there for some reason. <laughs> Otherwise, it'd just be huge. Huge. So I can't just leave it at date. Yeah. That's right. Hey, uh, we got a fucking big, we got a big fucking show, so we should just jump on in. None of this uh, small talking. That's right. Okay. No. no I went from talk. a New big York talk. accent to a Boston accent very seamlessly. Now I'll make it Irish. <laughs> <laughs> now it's a Boston Irish New York accent. <laughs> Maybe Australian. Yep. It's yeah, Australian name. <laughs> yep. We did it. We completed the exacte. Uh, Chris. Uh, I think mm. I think it's important that we start every show with the best sport in the world, not only yes. America's pastime but the world's pastime, baseball. Yeah. Um. You uh, you <laughs> you thought we didn't have anything this week, but we do, and it's a fucking gem. Uh, oh. Yes. So have you? I don't know if you've read. Uh, I, I have. I don't know if you've read the story uh, that Major League Baseball has a uh, has. Decided to to join the uh, the antibody testing for the for uh, COVID research uh, or COVID antibody research, um, which the I think it's probably the who's the CDC is 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 holding these these tests or they're about to start these tests uh, to figure out uh, if COVID nineteen has an antibody in the system after uh, you know after it's run through it run its course right it's, mm-hmm. um, and. They very smartly realized that Major League Baseball uh, already had a very, um, very, uh, I don't know, up-to-date, scientifically charmed, uh, very, very state-of-the-art uh, met sports medicine research and testing laboratory uh, because they do so much HGH and anti-doping uh, testing that they already have the facilities in place. And so they reached out to the MLB, and the MLB said, Heck yeah, we'd love to use these tests with this testing facility. Um, you can not only test our players, but you can test anyone that works for us. Hot dog vendors to general managers. We're on board. We have the facilities lying in wait for you because we're baseball. Yep. I mean, that's we're America's sport and we got America's science. Yeah. And because our fucking. Sport is so goddamn corrupt that we have all of the facilities in place that you're looking for. It's wait. So do you are do you hate it? Are you skeptical about it? I don't like why 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 are you bringing? I'm not anything. I'm bringing it up because I think it's fucking amazing that Major League (laughs) Baseball has been testing their players so long for fucking illegal drugs and cheating that they have all of this this these facilities already in place. Like it's just a natural fit. They're like, yep, this is us. We're there. Plus it's a, plus it's an added benefit for baseball to probably help push their season forward. 
Oh, right? for, for sure. Because everybody's trying to get in Trump's pocket to like, right. Or, and get, te- but then the, once they get tested and then be like, Hey, everyone's clean. We can play baseball here. You know, like, so I, I feel like there's a, it's a, it's a huge advantage for them to sort of as a jumping off point to, to get in their season rolling around yeah. started like even before maybe then everyone's kind of agreeing. It should be now. My initial reaction was fuck. But these, I didn't like it. I do ego, like the fuck, idea fuck of it. The whole ego. thing. I think it's a, I agree. Why not? I agree. I was at first, I was like, you know what? Fuck this. Like why are, why are baseball players like, like, or non non athletes <laughs> with giant salaries getting testing that regular America isn't getting. But now that I see that it's basically them using their HGH to H testing facilities and it's a way for them to be scandalous by getting into mm-hmm. Trump's back pocket, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. It's baseball. Hey man. That's baseball. Get in there. Get that's, in that pocket. That's the baseball that I've I've grown to love. I mean it's easier than giving Twenty six million dollars to Trump Super PAC, so you can have wrestling in Florida. Like this is, they didn't have to spend a dime. <laughs> Listen, I don't think he gave twenty six million to the Super PAC. I think Ari had that money, and she's in charge of it. So uh, his wife is. So I think that was an easy. Um, there's, I, there, oh man, I don't even want to go down that road because I had a whole rant about that. You did. And there's an even better like storyline now that even adds to that because of that and the XFL and the whole thing going on here. Can I just there ask, is... can I ask you one question about mm-hmm. about it? Because mm-hmm. here's what I think: if it so, uh, you know, I, I barely I just see how it drives people crazy on Facebook. Like all my like like super anti-Trump fan friends on mm-hmm. Facebook, which is a majority of Facebook uh, or mine anyway. You know, they're just not like they're just, you could just see that just send the clickbait, and it's like. And so I, I did a brief reading, you know, I was like, oh, this seems like they pretty much tie directly into each other. You know, the WWE is suddenly oh, an, sure. essential, an essential business in Florida. And, and you know, there was a, an immediate donation to, to Trump's super PAC. But what I, or one of his super PACs, uh, what I didn't understand was, like, did they not think that, like, people were going to, like, connect the dots? Like, why don't they just wait? Why isn't it just like a... Hey, I don't think they care. You guys get right. It just, it's just, they're just so blatantly. They don't care. Yeah, they just can't like, they're like, they can get away with it. Yeah. It's like, we don't even need to shield this. We don't even need, like, it's not yeah. even like a month down the road. It's just like, I guess quid pro quo is like a perfect. Like, oh, for sure. Like, this all is it. exactly, this is exactly what this is. Uh, I'm like, what? Like either it, either they're too stupid or they don't give a fuck. And I tend to agree with you. It's just that they don't give a fuck. Cause there's no consequences yet for him and for anybody that, that sides with him. And so far that's been proven time and time again. Like okay. everyone keeps asking surprised. Like when something like this happens it involves Trump and all these things. And it's like this, this has been happening since day one, even before he was elected president. Like this yeah. is how he does business. Yeah. He, well, he's also in the WWE hall of fame. So yeah, of course exactly. he's going right? to do favors. Yeah. I mean, I, his, his McMahon's wife was on his one of his administration uh, positions. I know. I, so, it, you know, it, like so, it's this is um, no, this this doesn't come as a surprise. And it's like the funny thing though is that like they're they're trying to like the part of the WWE's announcement or or the governor or whoever it was of Florida was like basically trying to say he's like, well, this is going to be great because it's going to get help get the Florida economy back and up and running and stuff. And it's like, wait, how does that happen? You're Doing live shows with no audiences. Uh, that guy's that guy's minimal. The bit, he's such like a people clown. working there. Like, so it's not like how are you giving how are you getting money back in the economy doing this? You're not. You're just taking money and putting it in. He also said he also already said that it was a non-essential sport, and then backtracked and yeah. decided that it was under yeah. review. Yeah. And, it, and after review, it is it fake wrestling is important to it's essential. 
It's essential. Oh, it's so essential, Chris. It's so essential. Yeah, and I mean, I, I'm, I was, I was worried because I saw that some wrestlers had been furloughed, and I was right after they got this approval, which means they, they, they're. So the whole point of this, that uh, the more you kind of dig and look into this, is that. WWE is uh, contractually obligated to have uh, a vast majority of their shows live that are broadcasted like on USA and Fox right. Sports, right. Is, right? And if they don't, then those networks have outs where they can sort of withhold or just kind of stop or probably even cancel the contracts or do whatever have whatever the penalties are. Right. So McMahon was already he was going to lose potentially millions of dollars with the WWE, which is tied into filing for bankruptcy with the XFL because he was losing millions of dollars there, hundreds yeah. of millions of dollars potentially there. Which that, that, he that filing has happened, right? That's a confirmed bankruptcy filing as of. Yeah. Yeah. He, so he filed for chapter 11, which means he also, in that sense, he can also get out of money potentially of owing the people he owes the creditors to. So he still owes millions of dollars to like Bob Stoops, like some of the coaches, right. some of the arenas and the, and, and those cities, Oliver Luck. Oliver Luck probably. Uh, so he owns potentially millions of dollars to a whole bunch of people. That which means filing for Chapter Eleven, he he sort of negotiates his way down in like those prices that he has to pay for those people. I mean, ex- he has no assets. The league actually has no actual like assets. That well, I mean, right? the, that you can the, sell off. The country has no to. assets. Our <laughs> assets are wrestlers. Our assets are fucking entertainment. And we but the, but the, what's incredible. what's tied into this, and I don't know if you you notice this looking into this stuff, is that. The WWE was actually had shares of the, the XFL, which they weren't supposed to do. Oh shit! I did not. So see they that. to give up the rights and the names of the XFL and all those, the branding and all that stuff. McMahon gave back to the WWE like twenty percent or thirty percent of the shares of like Class B stock shares, which is going too far in the weeds with that. But so it means that they owned or they had money invested in that stuff in in the XFL. So that means they're losing potentially money themselves. So McMahon needed to do something, I think, to make up money for a lot of people, not just himself, with the WWE getting, getting going forward with being okay down in down in Orlando, uh, Florida. So could this be the end of the XFL? I'm just kidding. It's definitely the end of the XFL. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait ten years. He'll bring it back or something, and then. Oh, rest in uh, peace, XFL. Uh, I'm glad we got to weasel in a little XFL yeah. talk, though, Chris. I'm very but, proud I, of you for doing but that. Here, here's the part of the rant I wanted to even add to this this week of Vince McMahon. Now, apparently, I just saw this on on someone started posting this on Twitter last night, and I, unbeknownst to me, I I, I saw this documentary series on on Vice, right on their TV channel. Okay, and they've started doing a it's a documentary series called um, Dark Side of the Ring. Okay. You and mean, it's about you mean, wrestling. You mean the ring? <laughs> <laughs> and it's all it's all like like it's like one hour documentary styles on like on wrestling scandals throughout the history, basically. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and they look pretty cool. I haven't watched any yet, but apparently there's one that showed last night or a couple nights ago that for some reason I didn't record, but it, I'm getting it in a couple weeks. It's about the Jimmy uh, Superfly Snuka. Okay. One of the and right, and then he like I mean he was acquitted or never like found guilty or never charged of like murdering his wife or girlfriend or somebody like that. Yeah, I think the story goes. So apparently people lost their minds because they watched the episode last night or whatever it was in the last day or two, and apparently parts of the documentary shows and kind of leads you to believe that Vince McMahon had a hand in covering up and like paying off potentially police force or whoever else investigators. Uh, and wow. help covering up the murder. Wow, Vince McMahon would do that because I feel like he's just like he's the 
kind of guy that would just throw throw his people out the out the window like right off the like he doesn't care right like he's not he's never been behind his wrestlers like no he, no he's he, never no he, he uses them and throws them away he withheld the rock he withheld the rock's ability to use the name the rock in promoting his own movies for years yeah like, yeah like so he can make a money bastard. Out of it himself. yeah exactly yeah, and that, like all the people that have have come and gone and died, and like what was it? Owen Hart was the dude I think that fell from the the yep. that was the scaffoldings or whatever fine. the rafters. Yes. Yeah, like their players' concern and safety is not of the first concern of, of McMahon and the WWE. But so I don't know. I just there's a whole it's it's like all of a sudden this is weird mixture of news and information that's surrounding Vince McMahon, the WWE that I find is like really fascinating. And and I don't know if it's a coincidence or not. It's all happening or at the same time. I mean, some of it's not obviously, but, um, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of spicy, Chris. I think this did, did Jimmy Snuka, did he murder his, his wife and his, and his lawyer? Maybe. I don't know. I don't remember quite the okay. story. I'm, I'm dying to watch this one now because I want to. Yeah. I have a, I have a, I'm pretty anti vice just because they ruined Williamsburg, but you know what? Everyone ruined Williamsburg. Yeah. Uh, maybe I can get over it. Like the way that you yeah. can watch the NBA now, maybe I can get past. You should come back. I mean, I, listen, I don't watch a lot of vice. I don't read the websites, whole bunch of stuff, but this one, this caught my eye and they looked like it was a couple of like good stories that I was like, Oh yeah, that, you know, like this one and that one. And like, you know, some and some wrestlers. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that guy. Shameless you know, from back plug. In the day Shameless so, plug. Let's get on. Let's get on the Vice Podcast Network as soon as possible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, fucking Vice is a weird one because they they started off just basically like a little free magazine. You know, mm-hmm. and, and 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 there was a really funny thing that they used to have. They used to do like a fashion do's and don'ts, which I thought was really hilarious. That was I w- would always pick up a copy of Vice magazine whenever I was at Yellow Rat Bastard, which was a store in the Lower East Side that sold like. <laughs> big pants. Anyway, uh, speaking of big pants uh, and 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 music magazines. Oh um, yeah, good segue. I'm doing my best here. Uh, I know that I know that uh, during the quarantine, we've definitely listened to a lot of music. I have, especially. Uh, I think I mentioned I had uh, catalog cataloged my entire vinyl collection. Um, Whoa! Which yeah, which was not easy. If you guys want to check it out. Go to discogs.com and look up one Howley man. You'll find my entire record collection there. Uh, yeah. So now I will stop buying the same Phil Collins record over and over again. I can look <laughs> and see what I fucking own. <laughs> uh, so I actually have, I did a lot of listening through my old back catalogs. And when you posed this question, and I know we're going to do a little list for you because you all mm-hmm. love the list. Who doesn't love lists these um, days? And Chris came up with a pretty good one. It's on sports related, but pretty fun. Uh, you guys can play along at home. It's a, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a random number, which I love. It's the, it's four albums and it's not like the top four. It's just four albums that you can listen to cover to cover front to back yeah, without straight skipping through, a track. Never skipping a track. Uh, and, uh, and you asked me to come up with, with four, yep. uh, and what I decided to do, because it's impossible for me to do, I put a, I actually used the fact that I had just cataloged all my records and, and came up with four records that while cataloging my records, I listened to all the way through and was like, this is a hit from front to back. So uh-huh. I have four that were actual records. In fact, uh, you know, the kind of records where I, the the A side was so fucking good, I had to flip it over and check out the B side. So it's right. that those were my parameters of my four records. I don't know if, if you came up with any parameters for your four records, or if you have your own, uh, if or if you're just if you're just free balling. 
I well, I'm always free balling, Chris, but uh, that's not the point here. Uh, I I came up with so this this wasn't actually my original idea. I saw it on Twitter posted, and I was like, oh, that's kind of good. God, is this it, a, are we just a Twitter pod now? Are they, yeah, come I think on, we are. dude. I don't yeah. even have Isn't a Twitter everybody? account. No, I refuse Twitter. I will. Sorry, not, I will I just, not. You be, know what? I, I will I not be a slave to the Twitter. I was looking for something to do and this came along and I was like, all right, it, but it, it made me think of you and I would, it's always interesting, like what your answers would come up with because you're, you're such a very deep and varied musical interest. Well, it's funny cause I, I completely, I completely pigeonholed myself to the point where my four records are all come within a four year span. So oh, yeah, wow. this is, it, it, but, it might surprise you. But so, and that's where I started, the more I started thinking, but I was like, man, like basically you take everything from the nineties, whether it was like R and B and hip hop and stuff. And I'm, I'm probably listening to almost all those albums, like front, you know, all the way through the golden era of hip hop. Yeah. You know, like, like Dr. Dre's chronic 90, Snoop Dogg, 91 and like, you know, to 96 is the, is the true golden era of hip hop. Yes. So, but you so can I listen to, you can listen to diary of mad band all the way through. Did you just say Jodeci? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm telling you, like there was, there was so many, there was so much there that I just loved it all the way through. All I, right. I, me- I might not love all of the songs like incredibly, but I, I wouldn't skip over those tracks because they would just, I, one would lead to the next I felt like, and I was always like kind of the thing, Warren G, uh, regulators. So you have to, you have to also bear in mind that like, this is us, it, this would be a harder practice to do with newer things because I don't think sequencing is as important as it was back right. then. Right. Uh, so it's not only the songs on the album, but it's also in the order there, if they're in an enticing order sequentially on the, on the record. See, that's even deeper than I can go, but yeah. yeah. I get what you mean, though. Right? Yeah. It's a yeah. it's an important it's an important part of of the entire uh, album making process. In fact, weirder weirder still, and this is some music nerd <laughs> shit. Uh, you will notice that in when vinyl was was out, the songs with the bigger bass, like the deeper beat, would mm-hmm. come on the first song of both sides because you could have deeper grooves in your record. Because as as you're getting closer to the center of the record, that you have you have to have tighter grooves, so you can't have as much bottom because they eat up more groove space. So no. so when CDs came out, people had the freedom to put like songs with a lot of highs wherever they wanted, or a lot of bottom wherever they wanted. But back in the day, if you really wanted to push bass, you had to put those songs in the front the front part of the side and A and side B. I'm just gonna tell you right now, Chris. I like a lot of bottom. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> who doesn't? You want to know who taught me that? Uh, who, Mister Mister Bottom Man himself, Peter Gabriel. <laughs> when I think of Bottom, I think of Sledgehammer. I mean, fucking. Anyway, uh, give me your first one and make it good. Okay, uh, so I don't know if it's gonna be good or not. I, I feel like you're gonna just hate my and make fun of me and all my lists here and everything, um, because of my musical choice here and stuff. I had I a lot of other ones, so I, 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 I took all the I took all the '90s kind of hip hop and R&B rap and all that stuff off. I basically took uh, 99.9% of it, I think, off the charts because I just I can't pick through all of it. Yep. But so the other ones I came up across was, and this is kind of I think I think this is listed in order. Okay. Wow. So starting with number four. Okay. I don't have a particular order for mine either. So. That's fine. Okay. You don't have to. Okay. Um, I'm kind of making this up as I go. Uh, Nirvana unplugged. In New York. What? <laughs> that and I know a, it's a, and I know it's, that is like, a, I don't it's think like a it's an I album necessarily. It, and I want to stay away from those two as well, obviously, because, you know, that's kind of stupid and cheesy. But there's one about with like that a, album. I need a name. 
Wow, woo. That song? I love I love every single song in that on that oh album. I was a big Nirvana guy. Yeah, that's great. This is uh so just quickly looking. Okay, so he plays But a lot I, of them are covers too, right? He covers other he people's covers Bowie and I know that the meat puppets are in there. Yeah. He right. The, he there might like, have been a couple others in there too as well. I'm not can't remember. But wow. it's I don't know, man. Like I it's when I heard that album and I just I like and every time it comes on, I gotta listen to the whole thing. Weird. That is yeah. weird because it's I think there's there's like a, a handful. Yeah, it's I you know I think it's like probably like equal parts, never mind in utero and covers. Yeah. So it's a right. weird. God, right. I would fucking honestly, I would rather listen to my own farts <laughs> than listen to that whole. Record. I knew, I knew you. Were, I think it's only going to get better from there from, God, from you. I mean, as, I know it's not popular opinion, but good God. <laughs> There's some, you should just be thankful the ones I left that, off. All that, that brush five, drum work by seven. Dave Grohl, all that shh. I know. It's oh, weird, right? Because yeah. I think he even hated it too. Guy, I hope so. Because it's a lot of like slower, like he slows down a lot of the songs. They're kind of Lonely acoustical, whatever bullshit kind of stuff you want to call it. Very I don't know, man. Just tell me about it. I love it. I love every single song. Here's a me. Here's a me. Random me. Random me. Okay, next one. All right, number three. Uh, strokes. Is this it? God, dude, this is the worst list I've ever heard. You, how, <laughs> how on fucking earth? Okay, I can't. I mean, I, the strokes in, necessarily. In your defense, I have never actually listened to this fucking record all the way through, so maybe it is fucking incredible. I have no. Wow. I don't even know if it's incredible. I'm just saying, like when this when it comes on, I I'll listen to the whole thing. How does it come on? Do you own it? Yeah, I do own on it. CD. Uh, well now it's, it's downloaded. But do you I have whatever. a CD? I transferred. I, no, I don't have the CD anymore. I got rid of all my CDs. Okay. But I bought it at one point in time. Yeah. Yeah. There's something, it's just the, it's sort of those, the, the, the beats, the kind of that rock and beats. It's, you know what it is that like for the longest time, like rock music just kind of sucked. Right. And, and I'm not saying that there uh, are sort of the, the old school version the of this, but there's some fucking story that, with the goddamn strokes. You want, you want to know a little insider information? Sure. The Strokes were a fucking Pearl Jam cover band before they were the Strokes. How do I know that? Because I used to live with fucking Julian Casablancas when he was in a fucking Pearl Jam cover band. <laughs> so fucking, I can't with this. I can't with this shit. Anyway, what's your next one? Moving right along. All right, this number is fucking two, a disgrace one, of a list. I don't, I don't even know if you know this one or not, because this one, a buddy of mine... You're going to be uh, like Letters you, to you, Cleo or some shit. What's next? It's fucking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> um a buddy of mine uh, managed this band for a while back or uh, late 2000s there um uh you know uh matt hall uh great Kings go hall. forth okay no idea i don't okay. know okay. so there was this band sounds like, i don't remember sounds like story, a christian but, but band music. what's that sounds like a christian band <laughs> It was all these guys I think from like the Detroit area or something who were all like really good individual musicians and stuff. Somehow they got together, they created this one album and they never played anything ever again because they all like hate each other and broke up and couldn't work with each other and this whole kind of stuff. Okay. It's kind of an interesting, more of an interesting backstory than there too that I just don't remember now the whole story. Now we're talking? Now we're talking? This but it's cool. It's this kind of like this cut. funky, like big band, um, kind of jazzy, kind of uh, R&B-ish kind of a sound to it. Yeah, big, big. Um, uh, the record's called Outsiders Are Back, if you're looking for yep. it. Yep. Okay. It's, it's literally, I think it's all, my, all one of my all-time favorite 
uh, album. Now and that's I'll just a, I'll listen to it that's straight a deep through cut and I, over and over. And I appreciate that. That's one that that goes in the okay. I will look. I will check that record look, out for sure. Right, great. Okay. I I figured I figured that Mon you you might be into it at least. Um, number one is uh, Janet Jackson. Janet. Woo. Now that's a fucking funky record. Cause yes, it, right? Yeah. I uh do you do you want to give me do you want to give me a reason a reason why? Uh I I like I that was in my teenage years. I sort of like sort of grew up to that album. Sexy ass videos on that record. Sexy ass videos, really good songs all the way through, like different too. Like some are jazzy, some are funky, some are like soulful. Um that's, you know, there's, that's the there's way lo- that's the way love goes. in that thing. That, that's the way love goes is a is will blend into any song if you're DJing. It will mm-hmm. it is it is a it's a safety net anytime I'm trying to find a song to 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 match. So mm-hmm. I I I completely agree with you on this one. This is this you did a I would that list, one that I would one sort of changed right my life Ooh, to some degree, I think. Really? Yeah, yeah. So you were said you were in you were in high school when it came out. I think so. yeah, high school because it was early nineties. Dropped in ninety three. Yep. Yeah. So, so I was a junior. And this is a Terry Lewis and Jimmy Jam record. I'm yep, pretty sure. Exactly. Yeah. Like it, I, it, the whole thing just it, like it worked. Like it made it sort of opened my eyes to sort of music, uh, to sort of like lots of things, man. Like women, Janet yeah. Jackson. Yeah, I know. Ooh. She yeah. she really yeah she she was peaking. She yeah, was peaking. Yeah, that definitely. All right, man. That's a good. Yeah. Th- you saved that list at the end. I there. know. I figured I might. Say, that. But, whoo, there was some dogs up there in the beginning. <laughs> uh, you just you want to hear the ones that I left off the list that you'll probably hate even more quickly. <laughs> Incubus, Morning View. What are you? T- okay, enough. Yeah, I don't want to hear I, anymore. This is <laughs> fucking crazy. You're a lunatic. I don't want to know this about I love you. That album. This is like finding out that you like, I don't know, shove your balls inside of yourself and tuck your <laughs> dick in your butthole just for fun. <laughs> I don't want to know this. Just keep it to yourself shit. Uh, audio slave? Okay. Boo. No. Where, what are you talking? Are you serious, dude? I love the albums, man. I love those. Yeah. Did you have a pierced eyebrow? No. No. <laughs> are you sure? But I had, a, I had a landing strip there for a little while. Uh, where upstairs or downstairs? Like chin flavor, yeah, a little uh, chin yeah, music there. That's okay. Yeah, we've all had we've all had a little flavor saver in our <laughs> lives. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I was also wearing leather sandals for a while too. I God, think. dude. Okay, can I do my list before we bore everyone to death with your <laughs> Let's go. neo 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 post punk rap rock shit that you were fucking into? <laughs> what was your favorite Three Eleven record? <laughs> no, I didn't like them. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm I'm willing to wager that I I don't even know I don't know three of your four albums. Oh, you'll know you you know them. They're super popular. Well, okay, you right, you'll know them. Okay, so I'm gonna go. This is in this is in no particular order. Um, but the first one I these are now bear in mind again these were records that went, while listening cataloging my record collection I was like holy shit there isn't a fucking bad song in the bunch these are fucking. Okay. Those are masterpieces. Yep. And it says a lot about the era because there's a lot of studio musicians on all of these records uh, and legendary studio musicians in all these records. But to, to sort of go in line with your uh, Janet Jackson there uh, and Terry Tam and Jerry Lewis, I, uh, Around the World in a Day by Prince, which was 19, 1985. Okay. That record had, there is like, it's a masterpiece in its sequence. Uh, the only 
big jams that came out of there were Raspberry Beret and Pop Life, which was a subtle hit. But I'm telling you, like if you, you start it from the beginning and you go on a journey. It is fucking uh. it is it is absolutely perfect. There are little hits. There are long songs. I think the longest song on there is like nine minutes. There are shortest songs like two and a half minutes. So it really like and it shows the breadth. Like Prince does his thing where he uses he does his female voice, which was an alter ego that he had. I can't remember it off the top. Camille, I think. Uh it is and it's right in the middle of like Prince just getting to do whatever the fuck he wants. And it's like when Paisley Park's starting to come in, it's where like he's no longer like the revolution anymore. He's sort of heading into new power generation territory. It is fucking an amazing record. I I can't recommend it enough. If you haven't listened to it, it will just be there for you as a like a little warm blanket. I'll check it out. I'll definitely check it out. Okay, good. Here we go. Now here's one you had to have listened to. Def Leopards. Hysteria. Wow. Listen to how this record starts, okay? Woman, rocket, animal, love bites, pour some sugar on me. That's the first five songs. <laughs> what the fuck do you do with that? Those are fucking jams all. <laughs> Mutt Lang produced, if you, if you haven't watched, oh. if you haven't watched, uh, he was, he's actually considered the sixth member of, of Def Leppard. They struggled without him. There's a great docu-series. Uh, they used to show it on VH1, but it's all on Amazon Prime right now. It's called Classic Albums. Just look up Classic Albums on Amazon Prime. There's a billion of them, but the Def Leppard Hysteria one is amazing because their drummer loses his arm. There's like, mm. a, they've got, you know, one of their, their guitarists is basically a drunk. Like it's, Mutt Lang like comes in and saves the record at the very end. It's awesome. That record it, is awesome. I think Love Bites is one of the coolest fucking songs of all time. <laughs> you don't know that song, get into it. Oh, yeah. It might be one of those like, like, like oh yeah, I remember that song now, but okay. You don't all know right. Love Bites? I don't, Love off the top Bites? of my head, I can't know. You weren't, a, ha- never, you weren't like, a hair never... metal guy, were you? You were not a hair metal guy. Not, not for a really long time. You can break my balls if you want to. Because no, no, I like these. I, 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 um, it's, I mean, I, you know, pour some sugar in me. Everyone knows obviously and stuff, but I, I, I I liked all those, that music. I like a little bit. I just, I was never heavy into it. Like, and I forgot you were, so this, this makes more sense. Okay. So you want to keep moving along and Def Leppard's not even one of my top 10 hair metal bands. Like I don't really consider Def Leppard. I just, that record is just hit after hit after hit. It's, it's crazy. Like, it's basically Def Leppard's greatest hits album, but it's just one album. It's amazing. It's like missing, like, Autograph and, like, maybe one other song. It's all, mm-hmm. all the hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you classify them as? Because they, they weren't... I mean, it was, like, hard rock or something, but they kind of were on their, their own little thing, too, a little bit, weren't they? Like- well, if you, you, they definitely were. They weren't a typical, like, arena rock... Like, a, or sorry, like, Whiskey A Go-Go, like... like Motley Crue, Poison, Hair Metal. Right. A, they were they were British, right? Uh, and B, they were really like they had Mutt Lang, so they were building these crazy sounds with so much like overlay on vocals and like cri- like just really intense like drum sounds. And a, a lot of technology went into their music where it wasn't as sort of straightforward rock and roll. You know, they are also very all very good musicians. Um, yep. Okay. I uh, I'm telling you, like it's only an hour long. If if you have a minute, watch. I think it. I'm just gonna download the whole album. And, uh... It's fucking incredible. And isn't Mutt Lang the guy that was married to a Shania Twain? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's incredible too. I thought I, he was just a country dude. No, he's just he's a he was a he had he's a he's a an onion of a human being for sure. Uh, 
that means he's got many Ooh, layers. No, yeah, I know layers. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. It. Next up, we will try to. I'll try to keep this short on this next one because it will bore everyone. But it's it's. I have long said the perfect side of a record is side A of Genesis's Invisible Touch because it's not. It's there's no prog. It's it's just Invisible Touch into Tonight 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 into Land of Confusion into Into Deep which just embodies that like Phil Collins, Miami Vice, mid 80s. It's like 1986, like that, like really sort of overproduced sound. And it's magical. It's a mat. It's a magical ride. And it's the long version of tonight, tonight, tonight. So it's got a crazy buildup. I think it became like a Bud Light ad later on, but that fucking, that, that, yeah. Oh, gonna make it right. Tonight. It's a fucking, it's a drive, it's a drive late at night song. Like when, mm-hmm. when your mm-hmm. wife's passed out next to you and you've got like another two hours on the highway, you put on Invisible Touch and you'll, you'll, it will like give you like the power to see through the dark. It's amazing. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm going to give it. You're selling it. I like it. It's, I'm all in on these. Okay. Last one. And this one is a, this is a no brainer. This is like your Janet like this. In fact, there's a lot of similarities in these two records. It's, they were, they were exactly 10 years apart actually when they were released and there's a, and, but amazing production, amazing studio musicians and an amazing track list. Lionel Richie's can't slow down is one of the greatest records I've ever heard in my entire life. It is fucking so good. You, you, you've got All Night Long on there. You've got Penny Lover on there. You've got Stuck on You on there. You've got Running with the Night, and it closes with Hello. And those aren't e- and the three songs you don't know are fucking even better than the songs you do know. It is so well done. It has Toto's lead guitarist doing all the guitar solo parts, which was the guy that was on Michael Jackson's Thriller. It also has Richard Marks doing background vocals on a lot of the songs. Ooh. Before people knew who Richard Marks was, and people still don't know who Richard Marks is, I'm telling you, <laughs> that fucking record, I, I always had it in my record collection and was just like, I had it there because I bought it for 99 cents and I knew that it was like a, like a cool record maybe to have. But when I listened to it, I was like, holy shit. I would just keep playing this record over and over again. It's, it, it's a, it is a, a pop, it's a piece of pop perfection. It is, and it's also one of the last, I think, Motown records of that era. It's got Stevie Wonder's synth player doing a lot of the arranging. It's awesome. Okay. All right. So I'm digging it. Those are my, I mean, those are my four. They're all from within four years of each other. I feel like they span a pretty good breadth of music. I stayed away from hip hop as well because I would probably just make the four top yeah. all hip hop yeah. records. Yeah. But mm-hmm. so I want it to be a little bit more inclusive. But those mm-hmm. are mine. So I would say this to our our listeners, feel free to send us your lists. I will gladly shit on them. Chris will gladly listen to them. <laughs> That's the difference between us. You were so nice. You were just so nice and considerate. You're like, uh-huh. No, wow. I don't. Those I don't are know good, if, man. I, I, remember. I like. Well, I like the what, the approach you took there, and and sort of in in how you distinguish those albums, you know, like and and why and stuff. And so, like, I I just kind of went blindly going, oh, those are four albums I listen to like straight through, kind of thing, you know. Like, I don't know if they're good or not. I don't even care if they're good or not. I mean, that's part of my. I think I think you think my musical taste is crappy. You like the right kind of '90s R&B, like you and I. Right. That's all our our musical like. Uh, connection is basically yeah it's keith sweat <laughs> right <laughs> it's 
it's which I songs, don't think I would listen to. The songs, Maybe I would. I can't. Oh, remember. dude, yeah, make you sweat. It's a good record all the way through. Maxwell Urban Hang Sweet. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. That's man. That I mean, when oh, you're that getting was into going on my list, but you, I, it was, again, it was like '90s. It was too R&B heavy. I would listen me. to fucking like Terrence Trent Darby Symphony or Damn. Like I would. I think there's so many. I I used to listen to the shit out of R&B records. So in my mind, and they all kind of blend into each other. So like, mm-hmm. they're. I think they're all great. So I, I, I thought if we, if we delved into the nineties, I could do the best, like top four of like night, like the, like October 91. Like there were so many fucking great records at that time, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That might be too deep of a dive for me, but yeah, you go ahead and do that. (laughs) I'm not going to do that. I would never, I mean, that would be like, and then I never got laid. Yeah. (laughs) Those are the songs I would have played for ladies if I ever met one. Those were my favorite masturbation songs in freshman year. <laughs> uh, okay. All uh, right. So, so it's from one list into another list, because this is kind of like an idea of a list that you also had, but you didn't create it as a list. Uh, apparently, there's an NBA logo debate. Or are we doing an NBA logo well, there, debate? So there's, there's always like for years and years, there's always been a debate. I think at least for the last like 10 plus years or something. Yeah. There's always like there's stories about if you, if you if you Google search them, you can find them. But there's debates on like whether the NBA logo should be updated. Uh, there's even like Jerry West, like he's even saying like he hates being the logo and he wouldn't mind being changed. And so I think people just sort of jump off from there and they've always kind of done this. And then recently, I think it came up um, uh, because of when Kobe died and then everyone's like, let's just make Kobe the logo kind of a thing. Right. And so, which I think is kind of a stupid idea just to give it to him just because he passed away. Um, and I think there's far more other people who are sort of deserving of maybe the logo potentially. And then so I I was like, all right, to a Denver courthouse. Is that the, what the logo would be like? What Kobe walking into a Denver courthouse. (laughs) Jesus, dude, let it go. Okay. Just checking. (laughs) Just checking. Right. Uh, so, and then I started thinking, I was like, all right, instead of debating, like, could, should they create a new one and whatnot? And I was like, why don't, cause there, I started thinking about like, who could you recreate the logo with? And then I realized there's so many that, and there's probably at least one you could pick for, for like for every 10 years necessarily. And I don't, so I, I started thinking, it was like, should we assign one, uh, a player to represent each decade? Well, and the twist all, I'm having here though, is that it's like, it doesn't have to follow like the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, the, the two thousands. Like, what if it's sort of like you know, like seventy five to eighty five, eighty five to ninety five? Because there's always overlap. There oh my god, are you those- Bill Simmons? What the fuck is going on? Uh, just like I, I okay. So first of all, just to add, to answer your question, no, right. we shouldn't create a new NBA logo. Who fucking cares? I didn't even know it was Jerry West for most of my life, and I don't give a shit. It's the fucking logo of a league. Like who cares? <laughs> we don't fucking put it on our clothes. We don't even have to look at it if we don't want. I don't give a fuck if it's a dumb little dribble by Jerry West. Like, <laughs> and then Jerry West's gonna die, and people are gonna be like, "Wow, we can't do it now." Oh, like, let's go back to Jerry. Yeah, who cares? Who fucking cares? That's All right, what I've fair seen. enough. Fair so, enough. So, but I do have a logo for each decade. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I knew you would. And it's and I and I stayed. You know true. what? That's the best thing that we do here is we shit on it and then we still do it. Yeah, I stayed true yeah. to the formula at least. Unlike you, going like 1971 to 87 or whatever. Like, <laughs> I at least just found a player that played in that decade and like, and if as they in my in my mind, as long as they played in that decade, they can have that. All right. So so logo. so start so the, so the Jerry West logo started in 69 or 70, I believe. Okay, I have one for so, the 60s. Okay, great. Who's your 60s? Well, do you have one? 
No, I didn't go that far back, and I figured that would just be Jerry West. Okay, it can be Jerry West. I agree. If I was doing an alternate, I would do uh, Oscar Robinson's one-handed free throw as my as my iconic '60s logo look. Oh, okay. Just because I like Oscar Robinson better too, I feel like he never gets a fucking fair shake. Sure, sure. Okay. I, I also don't think white people should be the logo if I'm redoing it as well. So sorry, Larry well, Bird. Be going You're forward. not on my list. <laughs> 70s. Give me your 70s. I feel like we're going to hit on a couple of these. I think, we, I think these are probably all going to be the same as well. Uh, but it's Kareem with the skyhook. Okay. I, so I gave Kareem the 80s because he played in the 80s. And I felt like George, Gervin, whole, George Gervin's finger roll yeah, that's a good was one too. a 70s, would go right. for the 70s. So that's There's why. also Dr. J in the 70s too, I think, which you could do. There is, but I don't like, I, I feel like you're going to, I I felt like the finger roll is like, and George Gervin, like it's just so symbolic. It's a great look. Uh, but I also agree with you. I think Kareem's hook should be there. So Kareem's hook could be 70s or 80s. I could be talked into either. It just that's what I was saying. Like, it, see, they kind of they kind of cross over two decades in a sense. But the 80s Kareem hook has him with goggles, which I think would be cooler than his balding <laughs> afro of the 70s. <laughs> but his 70s sky hook was was so. It wasn't. A, it was. It was potent, right? It was like you, he. When you watch those old videos, it's like he's really leaping and high and like stretching and like it's 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 really amazing. And like the eighties, he's like because he's old and his knees are shot or whatever, and he's sort of just like lazy sky hook kind of. Thing. I don't so, know though, man. I it wasn't maybe not as deadly. It's still unstoppable. Yeah, it's still unstoppable. Do you remember it's, those it's the greatest shot of all time? Do you remember but, starting lineup toys? They were just toys like football players, basketball players, baseball yeah, players. Yeah, posed. That you posed. I loved that fucking. I loved that the Kareem's was a skyhook. Like no yeah. other player had a sky. They just had generic. Like I'm passing it or what? I'm shooting it, or whatever. But Kareem's, you could only give him a skyhook, and I it just said a lot. That to me yep. is like no one. I mean, it's the most iconic sort of. It's like the pose. Yeah. Really, I mean, more so than even Jerry West. I mean, it's it's so unique. It's so original. What do you mean, Jerry it, West just trotting up the court is an iconic <laughs> to you? <laughs> Looking, I mean, look, he was a really look, nice dribbler. Looking for exactly, <laughs> looking for a great, you know, baseline bounce pass. Crisp, a nice crisp, crisp get the from the chest. The thumbs pointing yeah, down. Exactly. <laughs> Ooh, shoot. Now, 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 pass it back to me, and I'll pass it back to you again. <laughs> All right. So, who did you have for the nineties? I think it's Jordan's free throw line dunk. Yeah, it's well, it's the jump man, basically, right? No, because the, the jump man was just a Nike ad. He never really dunked like that. No, that I just, know that was just from that Nike poster. So, so he's got, so he's got, he's he's got the the legs sort of tucked under him. The legs are like kind of behind him, almost. Yeah, you know, like right. that last extension when he's going free throw line. Oh, and it's like, yeah, yeah, where they're kicking out, where they're kicking pass. out. Yeah, yeah, that is right. that is the sickest shit I've ever seen in my life. Like that is yeah. that was when I was like. All right, sorry, Dominique. Like, if you would have just done it the way that like Dr. J had done the free throw line, where he just kind of like runs and just barely makes it, yeah, but he was such Statue of Liberty. But kind he of a fucking thing. like cocked it back and was like, yeah. like it's fucking never been done that way again. Never will. It's a, yeah. To that dudes is, have tried, and it doesn't. It just doesn't it's even come. Beautiful, close. and it's the and it's the dunk championship winner. Like it's not even it was like multiple tries. It just shows like how fucking cutthroat and dope. MJ was mm-hmm. in, in, cl- in the clutch, like even right. at a fucking slam dunk contest, it was just butter. Right. So I was going to give, I, I was just going to give Jordan. I don't care. There's, I think you can pick multiples of, of him. Uh, but I think you're right. I think that's, that is the most iconic one. Uh, and he was going to be sort of my eighties to nineties kind of version. 
Okay. Because I have I have another guy who who needs to kind of represents the late nineties or in the early two thousands. Who is that? And that's Alan Iverson. Of course, the crossover. You, you got to. I just you got gave, to. I just gave him all the thousands because I knew <laughs> I I was like that's the that's the move. <laughs> it's the move. Often duplicated, never repeated, or whatever. Often imitated, never repeated, or something like that. Yeah, like right, yeah, yeah. Something like that. I don't know. Doesn't matter. I, it's one hundred percent. It's iconic looking. It's, yep. And you also he's get, iconic. You get the cornrows. You get the, right. You really get the whatever. Feel. Yeah. Uh, and there's no one else that even like, and I know what you mean about just the two thousands because there's no one that really even comes close with anything else. You don't want to put the Carmelo step jab step in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's our runner. Just up. holding, just That's holding the ball <laughs> or Sean Marion's chest shot. <laughs> Those are the, the only ones I could think of that are more iconic. <laughs> <laughs> you got one. Uh, like Dwight Howard Superman dunk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about how about a how about uh Shaq putting his balls on somebody's face? Yeah, that would actually be pretty good, actually. Um yeah, the Shaq Shaq tried to make his dunk like iconic in his terrible like payless shoes. He tried to do his own jump man and it's like just looks terrible. Like this It's terrible, but I wouldn't it's probably towards the top of the list of things you could probably choose from if you had to though, right? Yeah, I mean there's no to me there's no like Kobe iconic move, so I don't I didn't put him on here cuz I don't there's nothing co- like that I except for maybe if the, you could make the logo like 23 seconds of him dribbling out the clock. <laughs> it's just a gif. Yeah, it's just a gif. The logo is no, a gif. That actually would be incredible of, because of, that, that would show you the sign of the time. Of Kobe looking off wide open players. Just waving people off. Yeah. <laughs> Barking at fucking people. I mean, let's not forget Kobe was a dick. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Absolutely. And you can't put like the, LeBron doesn't have like a signature thing, I don't think either. So LeBron, to me, if you do 2010s, if you're going to go there. Because that's a different decade. I think you give it to LeBron, but you do his like hand clap powder thing. Oh, because that's uh, to me that's the only iconic thing he does. Is that and it was cool. I mean that is, is and that, yeah, that's actually also, kind of that also bad. speaks to the 2010s, which are more about like image and, yeah. and persona yeah. than they are even about your game necessarily. Well, well and that actually that because yeah because all right because I like that because I think iverson was the epitome of that era too about sort of the 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 one-on-one mentality right yeah 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 like right the iso one-on-one like take take you off the dribble kind of a thing so i i do so now all right i'm on board with the lebron uh powder 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 puff (laughs) (laughs) and just to go back way old school now because you went to the 60s i'll even take you to the 50s i'll take uh bill russell there's the, there's like a iconic photo with him. It's like grabbing the rebound and his legs are kicked like straight out. Yeah. Okay. To the sides. Uh, what just because I, just I want to throw Bill Russell in there for you. Because <laughs> I, I know how much you love him. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I, they just put his fucking trash ass hair. Just a close up <laughs> of his fucked up hair. His old fucking beat up suit and his righteous self-righteousness. How about that? Uh-huh. <laughs> why don't you just do why don't you do just do Wilt Chamberlain's dick <laughs> just a silhouette of his giant cock dripping with chlamydia <laughs> speaking uh, of chlamydia let's talk about horse if you if we can the fucking chlamydia of all anything NBA's ever produced <laughs> something I watched zero seconds of and zero highlights of because I knew it was going to be a pile of dog shit so please wow. tell me you watched it I I watched uh, 
like, I don't even think I got three minutes of it. And um, my um, wife literally was like, why are you watching this garbage? Yeah. That's not, that's, that's exactly. I was like, there's this horse thing on honey. Uh, I should probably watch it, but I'm pretty sure Chris is going to watch it. So you don't divorce me. <laughs> I wasn't going to watch it until you <laughs> texted me about it. And then I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. This thing's on. Let me check it out real quick. And it was like, I, I went on a, I went on a t- uh, texting rant to you that like, this was the, uh, this was the most boring program in the history of television. I'd rather. And it was even dumber than it was boring. Yeah, it was, I just couldn't. I couldn't. I I, I, I mean, tried to go back to watch one of the other ones. I didn't watch the highlights just to see because the Ali Quigley gal was the NBA like shooter like years ago or whatever. Like they were like, oh, she actually did some like horse like um, shots that like we used to do as kids. And I was like, I even tried to look them up on to get highlights of them, and there's no highlights. It's just they replayed the whole Ugh. segment. And I was like, oh my god, I can't take this anymore. So I just can't, I can't do it. I I did. I so the, just so you know, DraftKings did. They they the thing was so fucking on. You couldn't gamble on it because it's so easy to fix. You know, like it's the player. Like you could just see Paul Pierce putting like his house up. You know, on him losing in like straight sets. You know, like so the way that they they got around that was they did it so that you had to bet on like 10 different things, which was like who'd make their first shot. Who'd, you know, it was like a combination. So you had to get like unlock like 10 different combinations and get them right. Like who the winner was, who'd make their first shot, like that, that kind of shit. So they did like a crazy combo, which just made it like, I looked at it and I was like, this is just unbearably boring. Like you like, even gambling on it was boring. Oh, I can't. Like, oh, yeah. No, the, the whole like they needed to produce this thing. Like it's a television show. Produce it, man. Like don't just have I know. hire the WWE guys. Those guys were doing great television production. Like, yeah, they, they made yeah. little mini movies and shit. Like, Earth, like script this out a little bit. And like, I don't mean like who wins and loses and stuff, but script it out. Like come, come ahead of time. Like, hey, these are the shots I'm going to do, you know, like and then like, let's edit it. Don't just stand around for five minutes talking about it and then show the shot. It was a debacle. And then, and then they had Mark Jones in the in like his in his in the corner of his uh, house or something. It wasn't even like an office. Like you see, most of these guys have like offices where they have all the all these like sports memorabilia and stuff around them and behind them and stuff. This dude was just in a corner of his room and hung up two weird ass jerseys on wire hangers and like little <laughs> like hooks or something or nails or something that he just put literally he just hung those things up just so he could have something visual behind him that was sports related that's like you go into a fucking you're you're a young you're a young nfl prospect and you go into that guy's office and as he but he's like an agent and you're yeah, like what uh okay. all right so i'm gonna just be on my phone for three minutes and then i'm gonna get the fuck out of here <laughs> like man come on like dude just do a bit there's even i even found this out so one of the the, the shots that uh, this ally quigley gal did was like an homage i think to like pistol peep back in the 70s did she wear big and socks was, yeah she did she did and i was like what what no i don't know and oh. but i was like what is what are they talking about like what and it turns out they had a horse competition back in the 70s with george gervin and pistol pete maravich and all these other players and stuff you mean players? And it's, oh. and it's on it was on television it was like cbs sports you mean nba players yeah. Did it? Go. Yeah. Not, not fucking retired NBA players. I'm sorry, Paul Pierce. You don't fucking play basketball anymore. Neither do you, Dwayne Wade. Stop trying to be re- unretired. Like, stop using COVID to be an NBA player. You're retired. Just, just be retired. We're getting a helicopter. That guy. I don't think the guy's fallen further in his playing abilities than that guy did playing a horse. Paul Pierce. He was like, he looked like an old man. He looked like, I don't even think. The guy was washed so long ago. Fuck yeah. that guy. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm glad he got swept out of it right up from the beginning. Him and Chris Paul, I'm glad they both. Are they like, still lost. doing this? Is it? Do they give up? Like they? No, I them. think there's the second round is tonight. No. Yeah, they have to. They have to see this whole thing through. Even though no one's watching, oh, no one cares. They have. God, to, I think they have to keep going with this thing. A cool man. I can't wait till. Oh my Zach, god, it was a disaster. Zach oh. Levine can put like slam dunk contest and horse winner on his fucking resume. Like that's ugh. all right. The, only, the last two things I want to talk about this thing is that. As bad as this thing was, e- ESPN still ran an article grading every player. Of in course, because the it was there. Because they, yeah, it's They're that. all in on this thing. Yeah, but the the better thing about this whole thing was Mike Conley, and I know it was kind of it kind of got some people's attention on this. Is his gym in his house looks exactly like the boys and girls club that I used to play basketball in as like a teenager. That's word. That's cool. It I, had like the you know it had like the side hoop. I'm into it with like the round. Like the rounded backboard was that in there? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's kind of yeah, rounded on the on the bottom corners. <laughs> like, I love the round backboard. It's but it had crazy. like the lighting system and like the big letters like stenciled on the wall that said like victory or or I don't know perseverance or something. Good for him. I'm not gonna shit on that. But it even had no. I I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. But it even had like the two tone wall, which which I pretty sure like on the bottom was like six feet high and it was blue. And if you looked, I I tried to look some like some pictures of it, the video stills and stuff i think it was like the blue padding that was velcro to the wall like oh right. nice yes that's yeah, it. amazing man that shit will not save your life part of the whole thing i uh we used to play in a gym that had that shit and it did yeah. not, it did not help you no it gave you no. a false sense of security that if you crashed yes. into it you're yeah, still gonna get hurt running into that yeah, thing yeah I th- i'm pretty sure i got a concussion running into that one time it was very scary it was very scary um <laughs> I uh, did you see? Speaking of Mike Conley, did you see his old man in the like slam dunk contest, like from the nineties? Oh, because Mike Conley's dad used to be like a track and field guy, and they did a non NBA player uh, slam dunk contest, like in the I think in the nineties. Michael Irvin's in it. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Like, wait, was uh, that the one with like Griffey and Chris uh, Carter? Barry yeah, Bonds? Chris. Yeah, but dude, Conley's because he's like a long jumper. He's doing like free throw line dunks from like a mile behind the free throw line. It's fucking, Whoa. it's really awesome. Like he just has incredible athleticism. So his dunks are just insane. It is okay. worth the watch. If you have right. 70 seconds of life. Um, One right. Conley uh, uh, worth watching. Yeah. We just double Conley this <laughs> shit. Boom. <laughs> X cons. Uh, <laughs> Chris. Um, I really want to quickly do this, and I know I feel bad it's this late in the show, and I've made my poor uh, cousins listen to this, but I've got, you know, I've got a couple Canadian cousins. Uh, their names are Rowie and Ben. We did a segment a, a while back called, uh, What's That All About? <laughs> it's a sweeping success. Yeah, well, it's back. People have been clamoring for more of it. So I did a Doom, I did a Zoom, sorry, Doom, I did a Zoom uh, call with them the other day, because they're awesome, and I... Uh, and I did have a question for them. I asked them who they thought the three highest profile free agent NFL QBs, uh, where they would go, what their opinion on where those three quarterbacks would go. And of course, that was Cam Newton, uh, Andy Dalton, and Jameis Winston. So, Chris, are you ready to hear Rowie and Ben's opinion on where those three players should go? And, if, and I want you to shit on them if you think they're terrible ideas, Okay. <laughs> All right, I, I can't them, wait. Show those Canadians what it's all about, okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, coming to our house, first America. Up, first up, J- the Jameis debate, okay? Ben, okay. who fancies himself a real know-it-all, of, and he is. He's actually very smart. <laughs> he said Jameis was going to go. He thinks Jameis will go 
to the Jags. Or maybe he thinks that's the best fit, is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Rowey, on the other hand, said, send him to New England. What are your thoughts? Okay, first of all, Jacksonville, what a joke. <laughs> and it flies exactly in the face of what I was talking about like last week or the week before about where Jameis goes. And he's not going to go to a place where they have a young quarterback who they want to try to establish, or at least give him playing time to where he could easily beat him out. So he's not going to go to Jacksonville because they, they're all in on Gardner Minshew, who is a Washington State player, alumni. So I'm a little biased there maybe, but they are... They're not going to draft a quarterback. They're not going after someone like Winston. They're going after they'll they'll get someone who's more of like a, a backup who who knows he's a backup and doesn't have a chance at a starting position there at that team. Okay. And yeah. The, and the Pats, you are you feeling that or is that just no? nah? I, I just can't I can't see Belichick like wanting Jameis. Okay, so then I'm going to do a quick pivot then because then the the other quarterback that I asked them about um, yeah. was uh, Cam Newton. Cam Newton, yeah. who Ben. Uh, bear in mind, Rowie is a huge Carolina fan because, you know, Canada. <laughs> but, sure. but, but Ben said, send Cam to New England, where yes. Rowie said, send Cam to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I don't get the Pittsburgh one. I've heard that before, too, I think. You have. I, that was the first time I'd heard it. And it, I it, think I saw that somewhere, and I was like, that seems... Well, everyone wants to send out the quarterbacks to like back up Ben Roethlisberger. Well, the thing is, is like Ro- what Rowie's point was is that Cam's no good for this year. Ben could be out the door after the season, and that's a seamless transition for a team that needs like a starting quarterback right away on a defense that isn't going to be around. So I sure I liked that I take. Get it? I just don't, I don't, also don't think like Cam maybe fits the Steelers' sort of offense and and playbook. You know, like kind of. I mean, it's exact opposite of what Roethlisberger is to, to, sure. to many de- degrees there. Um, so I don't I don't hate it, but I think it's interesting. Um, but I'm not quite feeling it. Okay. What about cam to the pads? Cam to the pads, I think is an obvious one. And I don't mean that, I don't mean that in a disparaging way, but I, yeah, I mean like there's Belichick. And I think I brought this up as myself a couple weeks ago as well. Belichick apparently has been known to love cam Newton and what he brings to the table as a quarterback. And, and and with his talents and Stidham, stuff, so I, I think Stidham that's a feels like that a, Belichick is just sitting waiting for. I to totally like agree. Him. I think Stidham is a red herring. I think that I think Cam goes to New England. To be honest with you, I know that the hot take is New Orleans because Breeze is out. Has already said he's out. In fact, I think he's already got a TV deal. Sure. So that that's the uh, that's the hot take coming out the yeah and out. and since uh, the Chargers as well, I think that's an easy fit there too potentially. But let's um, let's get on board with Ben's call on the Pats. I think we're all three. Like I don't want to see it, but I think I think it's a I think it's a good move for both of them actually. Well, I mean, Rowie is in a weird place because he said he would even consider rooting for the Redskins if he goes there, which. But I think Jeez. that has more to do with Ron Rivera than anything. So okay. Oh sure, sure, sure. He's not going the Redskins. Okay, sorry, Rowie. You're yeah, here first. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Uh, there's not a lot of other places though for him to go. Um. So that's, it's kind of an interesting question because it's literally, it's like those three, maybe four teams that are kind of like, there's, there's some other school thought that I have of myself with like with what Miami's going to do. And are they really going to draft a quarterback early in this, in this draft? Well, we'll get to that. Cause I think I want to talk to you about a little bit of like the player draft positions. Cause I don't know anything about that. Sure. Uh, Cause I, that does interest me. I, I also don't think it's, it's that, next week. It's that far fetched to hear, to see that cam just doesn't play at all anywhere. 
sits out and maybe you know maybe. I don't know, it's a weird season i feel like it's it wouldn't it is but well it might help him too because if, yeah. if the season doesn't actually start on time or if there is weird things going on then it's maybe there's a built-in excuse for him there to maybe sit out this season i do i do think he's got to be somewhat healthy though agreed i i but who knows i'm I, who knows yeah who knows but to like start I, last yeah. year so i and i don't think he got hurt in the season personally i think he just it was, it was so he's yeah, basically had of something. 18 yeah. months to get right. Um, and then the great red writer, Raider, red, whatever, Andy Dalton. Uh, <laughs> Ben's take, I hadn't given it much thought. So bo- both of these were like, I was like, oh, sure. Like, I don't, I don't really know where he'll end up. In fact, I think he probably just stays in Cincinnati. Uh, ben liked him backing up uh, Wentz in Philly. Rowey likes him going and taking over Dak's job in, in Dallas, <laughs> which is a fucking line drive Jerry Jones move. I, Rowey might be a little Jerry Jones because that's a fucking hot take. If, if Jerry Jones signs Andy Dalton to, to be a starting quarterback over Dak Prescott, he needs to be sent to... Uh, it could happen though, dude. A mental have, institution. At least a backup, though. I can, I just feel like putting a little pressure on Dak to like to succeed. Now, now, all right. So let me throw a curveball in here. Andy Dull would probably be like the perfect Ron Rivera quarterback in 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 Washington. Ooh, good, good call. Right, yeah. safe, kind of like you know, not too flashy, crazy. Yeah. Uh, just it, kind of run the offense is there. Andy and, Dalton and kind that of bad? Is he that bad? Uh, do we know he's that bad? He, he like listen. There's a couple of seasons where he was actually really good because he had a lot of talent around him. He had like yeah. really good uh, running backs and wide receivers and and the tight end and stuff. So he and like an offensive system, like you know, offensive line and the whole thing. There was a couple of years there with with even with um, uh, Lewis, whatever the head coach was name was there. Um, Marvin, Marvin Lewis, right? Where they actually had some success and he went to the playoffs and he put up some really good numbers and stuff. So he's he's kind of he's one of those guys that he can't elevate i think the offense and the players around him he needs all those pieces around him to be successful and that's fine and like oh, he's not mean, a bad quarterback he's not tom brady quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I, I think i think dalton is probably like the new fools right where he kind of goes yeah. and he's a ba- his backup might get a starting job because if someone gets injured well, and plays really Foles well actually oh. can play in the clutch at fools can handle the spotlight I, that's my knock on dalton is like he never won any playoff games yeah, well, you know, what did he, did he go one time maybe into the playoffs? Like oh, Cincinnati okay. didn't have much success over the last twenty years, so okay. um, I don't know. Like, uh, that's I, the Dallas one is crazy. I, it would be such a great Dallas thing though to do. I'm, I'm rooting for that one. Me too. I like that. It's a it's a bonkers take, and that's why I love Rowie. He's just out. He's thinking outside the box. You know, <laughs> I love it. It's yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So that was what's that all about? A corner of uh, a little a little bit of sports nuggets from. Sus- Saskatoon, Saskatchewan for you. Uh, but it does, it did segue into what I think should probably be our last section of the show, which is, um, I think there's some, uh, you said there's some bargain bin shopping on futures, uh, like where players will go in the draft. Um, I have given zero interest or, or attention to this year's draft. I know that the five, six pick is the one everyone's got their eye on, but <laughs> tell me about it, Chris. All right. You know why I love the draft, Chris? I know. I don't know why, but you, I'm going to, I'm going to watch, watch like it. day three. Like you're, you're a lunatic. Like it's, it's incredible what you like, what you will yeah, endure. Right? Yeah. It's, it's equivalent to what the, my musical taste, I, I think. Um, 
Uh, I'm even going to probably watch the WNBA draft on Friday, tomorrow. Night. I would rather not watch that. And by the way, the, the NFL draft is the Nirvana unplugged of sports. <laughs> it's slow well, down version. It's boring. It never seems to end. It's a mishmash of garbage. I love it. I love it. Yes. <laughs> All right. So with that being said, I've been looking at, um, at just sort of, I don't know if they're prop bets or whatever, but just for the draft itself, we'll stick to those. There's other ones we can get to later, but for now we'll just get through those. So player draft positions, third quarterback drafted is, is a thing you can bet on with, and most of these I think are through DraftKings. So these are easily available through, okay. through the, the, the app there. Okay. Give us some uh, takes, bud. But third quarterback drafted, uh, Justin Herbert is the quarterback a, out of Oregon. Uh, who's, who's has been for weeks and weeks and weeks, kind of the, 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 probably the consensus third quarterback, best quarterback in behind, this draft. Behind Tua and the kid Burroughs, right? And Burroughs, right. Yeah, exactly. So right now, or at least, uh, I don't know if it's still this number because uh, things kind of keep changing day to day with this kind of stuff, but Herbert was listed at one point as minus 250 to be the third quarterback drafted. However, there's the guy, Jordan Love, uh, who's out of Utah State, who gets a lot of love and, and they think he's sort of like this. He's um, the gunslinger, the, right? A bit of a gunslinger, but a, like really good mechanic wise. He just played, he plays on a shitty team at Utah state, you know, right? He doesn't have a lot of talent around him. So that, I think he's a lot of projection and a lot of uh, talent there that, that sort of maybe plays to the next level. I just love he, that he played at Utah state. What a fun, yeah, what a right? fun college. But he's been, he's been on the board for the last two years though. Like he's been, he, he didn't just come out and have one good season. He actually had pretty, for most accounts is a terrible two, 2019 are you season. Gonna, are, do you think he's going to go ahead of Tua? I don't think he'll go ahead of Tua. Although there is, so there's this school of thought now that I'm thinking, I haven't seen this anywhere, but is, um, it's been for weeks now, it's been, you know, it's like two to the dolphins. And then it's like now, like in the last week or so, it's been Justin Herbert is they're high on, but then like Jordan love is somewhere around there. Uh, and so my school of thought would be, um, and I think we'll get to Jordan love. Cause I think he's like top, like over under like 17 or 19 or 20, 25 or something like draft position wise, oh, like which that. I think you take the under on because it's a, it's a pretty high number. However, when you want to say that, but my, my thinking though is like, what if Miami just doesn't take a, a, a quarterback with a number five pick? Like everyone expects them to do. And they draft like one of the offensive linemen or there's the linebacker who's like one, you know, once in generational talent potentially. And then they take, they let, they let everyone else kind of go off the board and they have three picks in the first round. So like at 18 or 25, then they take like Jordan Love or somebody like that as a quarterback later in the draft. It's so that would sort of negate my third quarterback drafted position here, but it's just another kind of variable that maybe Miami just punts, picks up Cam Newton or or Andy Dalton for a season, and then goes and gets a quarterback next year or something like that's that. That's right. Like, I think Tua drops further than people are giving. Tua him. could drop too, and that's the other point. It's like maybe they gamble on Tua dropping. Apparently, you can't they keep talking you, to hey, Herbert and all these. They talking all these other guys up. I mean, just we just did a segment where there were three. I think starting quality quarterbacks that don't have jobs and and i i i feel like the the dolphins could just pause i think a lot of teams could put push pause and see if Tua drops and and right. make them a project yeah can't have a physical until august and then or they something? have they have the draft capital to kind of go back up into the teens a little bit higher than they're at at 18 so there's there's like some there's some ideas there that you know a lot of people probably aren't thinking that could probably come out here because there's always usually a couple surprises and stuff and it's and it's and i don't think that the general consensus with these quarterbacks after burrow isn't like there isn't even a number two necessarily now with you know Tua because he has injury concerns and so like you why would you take that guy at five like maybe if he slips and everyone else doesn't isn't a high on him because of injury and you don't want to draft him you can wait till like 15 i don't know i think i think 
I think if if I was to wait, I w- if I could wait, I would wait. I think the Dolphins would be smart to do. That. I think so too. I think it's I think it's one of those draft classes of quarterbacks where if you're not getting Burrow, then you you just wait. Yep, I agree. Yep. All right, get one of those uh, three thousand receivers that are available. Yeah, right. Receivers and offensive linemen, basically, that, that's what this draft is, especially in the first round. All right, so the next one is DeAndre Swift is a running back out of Georgia, I think. Okay. Who's been getting a lot of hype for a lot of for the last couple of months and about the like the first or best running back in this draft. But except for he's a little undersized. He's like one of those five nine kind of guys. But he's kind of a do it all. I think uh right now his position is over under twenty six and a half. And you like the I like the over. Which means there's five or six really good running backs in this thing. And Jonathan Taylor from from Wisconsin is like he's one of those Wisconsin guys who's like rushed for over two thousand yards a season. Uh, so he, and he, he so puts he, up huge numbers. He like st- uh, uh, with with like the combine numbers and those kinds of things too. Like he's incredible. So when you say and, over, do you mean that they will go ahead, like higher than that, like after twenty six, after not before twenty, not before. Yeah. Okay. So Swift, so Swift after twenty six, after twenty six, and yeah. you think and you think that the the kid from Utah State is going to go earlier than the line suggests. Yeah, so uh, Jordan Love is right now. I, guess, I think the last time I saw it was under nineteen and a half. Okay, gotcha. So, so before nineteen, okay. uh, nineteen and a half. So, I yeah, I would think like there's a chance there that like if Miami pulls that off or somebody else trades back up because there's there's teams in the low, uh, like like New England or, or or New Orleans, which there's rumors that like in, they're like at twenty four, twenty five, somewhere in there that they would take Love if he's there. So it's some other team might trade up into the teens then to get Love. Okay. I've, I've, I'll take your, I'll take your word on it. Okay. What's the the line on, what's the line on, uh, on. And love under uh, love. So under 19 and a half on love is plus one Oh three. Oh, that's good money. So that's good money. Uh, what's, Uh, what's the line? What's the line on Jerry Judy? The guy that everybody's so high on, like in this already overcrowded wide receiver. So that's one he's, I'm staying away from because it's either him, it's CD lamb or that's, or it's his teammate from Alabama, uh, Henry Ruggs. There's like three outstanding, uh, wide receivers. Plus there's like a whole bunch of guys who are like four through 10 who could go anywhere in the first round as well. So it's too much of a variable with too many guys there that I can't, I don't think the the value I don't see there is like when to try to get them on the over unders in those positions. Okay. Do you have it? Do you have the Mel Kiper? Can you access the Mel Kiper, uh, mock draft? list like i can't no see they they hide that in espn plus because he's always so fucking far off and they want us to believe he's really good (laughs) at it so no one can ever like fact check his shit and i it drives me up a wall like i'm so tempted to buy espn plus just so i can like look at his (laughs) stupid mock draft and then go and go back and show how fucking a stupid it is to do a mock draft and b how wrong he was but anyway Right. I'll give you got? another one. This one's kind of a uh, kind of a sneaky good one. Giants first round pick. Okay. So it's it's who they're going to take with their first round, which is number four overall. It better be a goddamn offensive lineman if it's not. Well, it's the 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 numbers and like history and what Gettleman and as a GM drafting and stuff. It's it's he loves his offensive lineman. He, he still calls him refers to him as Hog Mollies. I think so. Oh. Like there's so there's two guys. Tristan oh. Wirfs tackle out of Iowa. Uh, he's plus one seventy five to go to that pick or Isaiah Simmons is the linebacker from Clemson who is also plus 175 as well. So it it seems like as much as Gettleman loves offensive linemen, it's also like the the linebacker Simmons is like probably the best player in this draft. Okay. So you if you take both of them, put money on both of them and you're still going to come out ahead because they're both 170 plus 175. I like it, dude. 
That's so you sort of head yourself on those. That's a sharp. And, that's a sharp move. I like it. Yeah. So that's the one I like because, and I don't think it's going to be any of the other two, uh, two or three offensive linemen. I, it sounds like everything that I've read about this that Worf is the guy he likes. So there's a little bit of problem there um, because if if um, if if he trades back, uh, which he's never done in in history of of being a GM, or if he takes one of the other offensive linemen there, that maybe somehow you know they're blowing smoke up people's asses here. But I think that's a pretty safe bet on those two names. Can you can you parlay those picks? Do you have any idea? You probably could. Oh. I'm sure. I mean, why wouldn't you be able to? I don't know. I think like maybe they're too closely associated. I don't know. I'll have to look into it. Uh, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna. If there is a parlay of possibility on all three, I'm just gonna do all three because I great. think that those feel great. Do you have any more? Or are we? Uh, there's a couple more. Like one is the, there's another quarterback who's like fifth or sixth down the line. Jake Fromm from Georgia. Right now is over under a, a sixty and a half. Jesus Christ, Chris which puts him right at the bottom of the second round. And I think if as like, I, I just don't think that guy is, uh, he's not that good. I don't, I think his stock is kind of dropping and falling. So I think you take the over there. I totally agree. Cause based on what we were talking about before, when we were talking about quarterbacks, I think that you could see quarterbacks slide in this draft. I really do. I think, I think it's going to become a, a, a wide receiver grab all. Once these wide receivers start going, people are gonna be like, wait a minute, I want one. And that's what's gonna happen. That's my. That's my. Yeah, I, that's kind of my take uh, based on because there's other. There's two or three other guys. Then all of a sudden, so like if you if you think there's three, uh, what is a three four for quarterbacks that'll probably go in the first round. I mean to go then, I, after the second round feels like the right place for that dude. Yeah. So and then there's like Jalen Hurts, which is the guy from like Alabama and Oklahoma, who's kind of gaining traction now. And then there's a couple other guys too that are like they just all kind of feel like they're right there and and um. And I, I, yeah, like it, it, it value wise, it doesn't seem like it's a, it's a good move for teams to, to draft them in the second round. Also, if you could just tank for Trevor Lawrence for next year, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, you know, like some of these teams might kind of do and kind of pass on quarterbacks. I this think year he's like, the future. I love that guy. Yeah. Well, so emotion on hair. The hair is just the hose again. All right. My last one, total okay. wide receivers drafted in the first round All right. Over is five and a half. All right. The under is plus 200. Okay. And there are four legit first round prospects. And then there's another like four, like I said, four or five, even like even a half dozen guys that are probably that could go in the first round. So it's not a great bet, but I think it's worth taking a shot on because I think there's a real strong possibility that more than five wide receivers will go in the first round, oh. especially in the bottom end and the bottom uh, at the bottom of the first round, like teams might trade up to try to get some of these wide receivers as they start agreed. hopping off the board. A little uh, bit. Agreed. So I don't, I don't love it at under five and a half. Um, but at plus 200 might as well, you know, you could throw a little down there and, uh, maybe come away with something. Yeah. If you're getting two for one, put the money on it. Yeah. I like it. That's it. Okay. These are all very solid. Chris, your, yeah. your draft takes are way better than your music takes. I have to say, <laughs> there's a reason you don't have a, a just wait until I start podcast. talking about the fourth and fifth round, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, just call me. I'll, I'll pick up. I promise. <laughs> All right, Chris, uh, All right. unless you got any last things, we're a little over time and I feel like a, some of the shit can, can, can hold for next week, especially Rick Pitino. I promise you we'll get to that eventually. <laughs> story that will never Rick, die. Rick, I won't let it die. Chris. Rick Pitino is our Matt Damon. That Rick Pitino story is our, uh, our apologies to Matt Damon. Uh, he, we couldn't, we couldn't fit him in. So Chris, so, I gotta go listen to some strokes, man. Yeah. Let me... All right, man. Peace out. Talk to you next week. Oh, <laughs> my